get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With Michelle Smallman, I'm Randy Carricker, and this is Carricker and Smallman on 101 ESPN in St. Louis. Let's head to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line, and Scott Burnside does... A fantastic job of covering the NHL for The Athletic. In fact, that entire staff does an amazing job of covering the NHL, and hopefully it'll be back soon and we'll be watching hockey. Scott is with us now on 101 ESPN. Thanks for taking the time with us, sir. How are you? Uh, doing very well. Thanks for having me, and uh, I'm, I share your sentiments. It would, be, uh, it would be nice in the coming weeks if we can start talking about power plays and uh, ice time and goaltending heroics and 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 the return to uh, to the game. So hopefully hopefully we're on the track that sees that unfold. As we sit here, nine thirty three Central Time on July seventh. How do you feel about that track? <laughs> it's funny. I was I always talk to my uh, colleague Pierre LeBrun. He and I do a podcast every week, which I will plug here. It's called Two Man Advantage. And every week I ask Pierre the same thing: is level of optimism as we you know, make our way through the pause and try and sort through what the what is happening during the pandemic. Uh, I, I would say I am as optimistic as I have been. Uh, there's still a lot of moving parts to what the NHL is hoping to accomplish, along with the Players Association and, um, you know, even voting on the new CBA and slash uh, return to play protocols, which is going on as we speak, and um, the start of training camp on July 13th, and then hopefully the start of games in Edmonton and Toronto on August 1st. Uh, uh, so many things uh, are at play here, but I do believe that the, the amount of detail that is um, uncovered in the return to play protocols, uh, it gives the NHL as good a chance as it is going to have to to actually see a return to play and ultimately see the awarding of the Stanley Cup likely in uh, early October. So I I feel I feel good. I'd say seven out of ten right now. Well, that's good to hear you say that, Scott, 7 out of 10, because I think a lot of people here in St. Louis, when they got the news that multiple Blues players had tested positive for COVID, they thought, uh-oh, could the season be in jeopardy? So I'm happy to hear you say 7 out of 10, despite the positive tests that we're seeing across the NHL. Well, and I think this is what's, you know, it's important to keep perspective on all of this as, as it unfolds, because, um, you know, we, you have to expect that there are going to be positive tests um, around the hockey world. We're talking, you know, 740 players plus all the staff. You know, like it, it, it is unlikely that we're going to go through this process without having some positive tests. But I think what's critical as we move now into phase three on July 13th um, with the start of training camp, 
I mean, really, it's about it's about education and it's about everyone buying in. And I think it's fair to say we haven't had the we the hockey world as a whole that there hasn't been total buy in. We, we there are uh, team you know Tampa shut down their facility early in phase two for a few days with a couple of positive tests. We've heard lots of reports about players who were outside of phase two who maybe weren't taking the care that they need to take in terms of social distancing, in terms of wearing a mask, in terms of of being responsible and not being out socially and putting themselves at risk. If that continues, well, the chances of this getting off the ground are, are, are marginalized. But if players do buy in, if they take care, if they aren't out putting themselves in, and by extension their teammates and, and, and all of the staff that they encounter, not to mention their own families at risk, um, then this has a chance. But I think these next two or three weeks are absolutely critical because I think if they can get to the hub cities in Edmonton and Toronto uh, late in July, then this has a good chance of working. But it, it is going to require more buy-in than we've seen up to this point. Scott, speaking of buy-in, do you think that you're going to hear of any players uh, choosing to opt out? I believe they have until today to notify teams if they're going to do so. Do you think that you'll see any players maybe take that route, or do you think it's just kind of the hockey culture that they're all going to say, hey, we're going for it? Yeah, it's interesting. I've I've talked to a number of people even today about that very issue, and and players will have, um, with the new return-to-play protocols and the new um, memorandum of understanding on a new collective bargaining agreement, They're going to be voting on that later this week. And then they have 72 hours after the ratification of the new CBA and return to play to, in writing, indicate that they uh, will be opting out of playing. There's no penalty. You don't have to have an underlying medical issue. It's a completely personal choice. So you have three days after the end of the voting. Um, I think the feeling is, and you touched on it, the hockey culture, I think we'll see very few players who take that option? And there's a couple of reasons for that. You know, part of it is that the the, the, the this is the start of uh, of the very end of the process for hockey, unlike baseball, which is at the start of their season. This is a chance to win a Stanley Cup. So you have 24 teams who are in the mix right now. Um, I think that is a motivating factor in players maybe putting aside concerns. I also think the fact that when you get to the conference final portion of the playoffs, so when you get to the final four. There is a mechanism that will allow families to come into the, uh, it looks like it'll be Edmonton, into the the bubble in Edmonton for the conference final and the Stanley Cup final. And I think that's a real motivator for players who, who are concerned about being separated from family for the long haul. And so I think that's a huge factor in um, maybe allaying some fears for players. Um, you know, if a player has a medical issue, if something is going on at home that they simply can't or don't want to be away, maybe you'll see a couple of those. But the people I've been talking to seem to indicate that um, they'll be surprised if there are uh, if, if there's a kind of response that we've seen in baseball and hockey. I don't think it'll happen that way. Scott Burnside of The Athletic with us on 101 ESPN. And Scott writes at The Athletic about the new CBA. And you point out that the salary cap is going to remain flat for 21-21. It will be an $81.5 million salary cap. As far as the Blues, who obviously won the Stanley Cup because of their defensive depth, and they have Alex Petrangelo coming up on unrestricted free agency. Scott, do you believe that the flat salary cap is a positive for the Blues in trying to keep Petro or a negative? Well, I, yeah, I, I I think it's probably in general a negative for for any of the teams who are 
at or near the salary cap, and there are a lot of them. Um, the flat cap mate is going to make it increasingly difficult to keep your top players. And, you know, the opposite side of the coin, if you're uh, a top potential unrestricted free agent like Alex Petrangelo or Taylor Hall or Tory Krug, uh, this obviously is not a great time to be hitting the marketplace. But I, I think what I, you know, in, in talking to people about this UCBA, um, this is about repairing um, what is going to be considerable damage done to the game. And, it's a, you know, the damage is being done to the economies around the world and certainly in the United States. Um, Hockey is no different from that. And so I think what this new CBA does is it makes the best of a very, very difficult situation. Uh, it's going to make it difficult for teams like the St. Louis Blues. I was talking to somebody about the Toronto Maple Leafs the other day. Um, teams that have high-end talent and have players who um, you know, are coming to the ends of their contracts, it's going to be difficult for them to, to keep them. And it may force more creativity. Maybe it's in the term of the series of shorter-term deals to keep players in the fold in the hopes that in three or four years we do see the salary cap start to rise and then players can take, um, you know, be, be paid at a level that they might have expected to have been paid a year or two ago. Um, but it is going to make things very uncomfortable for teams and players moving forward. Um, but listen, the reality is it's an extremely uncomfortable time, and I think that this document probably uh, it is the best uh, of a worst-case scenario, uh, even though it's going to make it difficult for teams really at the top of the heap like the St. Louis Blues. Scott Burnside, we always appreciate your insight, and, uh, man, we're all rooting for hockey to be back on uh, at the end of this month, right at the beginning of August, just like you are. We'll talk to you soon. Anytime.